Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, a very good evening to everybody and welcome to Charlton Live for what is our last show of the 2022-23 season. I hope you guys are very well. As you can see, we've got a very packed studio uh, for the final show of the season. It's going to be sort of a drop-in and drop-out uh, session with everyone on the Charlton Live uh, gang uh, this evening, or as many as possible. But as you can see, the majority of them have dropped in already, which is which is very good to see. Uh, so joining me on this final show, we'll go around just to say a quick introduction to everyone. First up uh, is Sue Gallup. How are you doing, Sue, the first lady of Charlton Live? Hello, good evening and welcome. Yeah, and you can see the joy on people's faces now that the season is over, can't you? No one happier with that fact than Mr. Tom Willing. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm good. I had my uh, my favourite game of the season yesterday, down at the Den, <laughs> watching Millwall get knocked out of the playoffs. Beautiful afternoon's work. Yeah, that was uh, one of the highlights of the season, which you know, goes to sum up where we are and how bad our season has been. Bottom right, uh, a man who is, is permanently exhausted, but even more so, I imagine, uh, after this season. Terry Smith, I didn't tell. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a stretch. <laughs> but I'm good. No, all uh, all happy to be here. And pleased yeah. for Tom that he's actually uh, joined a, an exclusive bunch of seeing a team in a red kit beating Millwall at the Den. There's <laughs> yeah. not many about. No, I, no, so I, so I, I've obviously covered all the Charlton Millwall games since. Well, when when did we first play them recently? About two thousand and nine ish. Um, and I've also covered a couple of other Millwall games, and I've still never seen them lose, including when they played other teams. That's how bad my luck is against them. Uh, and also joining us bottom left, it's the chef, Mark Newbury, who's uh, put his phone number as uh, his tagline today. Yeah, tagline, pin nine. Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Good to have all of you with us. Good evening as well to everyone who's joining us on the uh, YouTube live chat as well for the last time uh, this season. Uh, make sure you get your questions in uh, throughout the show. I'm, I'm going to try and treat it as a bit of an open show this evening. I've got a loose plan in terms of obviously we'll look back at the uh, the 2-2 draw with Cheltenham on the final day. Uh, briefly, we're going to hear from Dean Holden. The, the interview is about um, that, that final game of the season, but obviously he looks ahead to the summer uh, a little bit. We've also got an exclusive Cheltenham Live interview with George Dobson. Um, as it was the uh, you know the end of the season, Dobbo came to speak to me after Cheltenham as, as captain, just to have a bit of a review of the campaign as it has been. Um, but yeah, we're open to you guys as well. Tweets, email studio at charltonlive.co.uk, at charltonlive, the comments uh, in the live stream as well. Any questions you want to ask us, uh, we might not have the answers to everything because there's a lot of questions uh, without answers at this moment in time, unfortunately. But um, yeah, feel free to, to get involved uh, this evening. So... We'll wrap up the season shortly, but we should wrap up the, the final day draw. Sue, 2-2 two, two at Cheltenham. Probably summed up our season pretty nicely, actually. Going forward, looked okay. Had had chances to score more than the amount we actually did. Um, but overall, we threw it away because we can't defend. Sums it up quite nicely. Yeah, it was, I watched it on uh, Cheltenham TV. And um, 
It, I mean, we did play some nice football. It wasn't easy. I felt like it was an easy watch. Like it was a bit of a. It, it was like I can't remember who said it was a bit pre-seasony, um, but um, yeah, definitely we, we didn't make enough of the chances that we had. Um, and then yeah, again, silly defending that that ends up with us conceding too. So this been the story of the season. You're going to sum up the season. That game probably does it quite well really doesn't it yeah it certainly did tom um to try and take positives from it first of all you know obviously um goal for scott fraser takes him up to nine for the season which is absolute borderline where we wanted him to be this this campaign i wanted 10 you know ideally i think dean wanted that as well he, he said that to me a few weeks ago double figures is what you're looking for in midfielder but he, he's ended the season reasonably strongly Scott Fraser which is good because there have been times this campaign where, I've, where we've wanted a bit more from him so is he laying the groundwork for next year or is the pressure off and the same as quite a few of them he's just started to play like the pressure's off and, and you're a bit frustrated he hasn't done that all campaign yeah it's a tricky one isn't it and you kind of prompted us with some questions which maybe we'll come on to later and I had both him and Payne in possibly most underrated you could argue and also most underperformed which I think sort of sums, sums up all, most of our midfield this season. I think I said it to you early on. I think if you're playing in that position, you should be looking at 10 as your marker. I think the fact he's hit nine is obviously both impressive that he nearly got to 10. And at the same time, I'm kind of disappointed in a lot of his performances. So I, I don't know how to read him. Same with Jack Payne. I've been really disappointed with him over the season. And yet you look at his numbers and for the minutes he's played, not too bad. So uh, it's one of them things, obviously, I had my rant a few weeks ago after the Morecambe game. I might have calmed down now, but I still don't really know how I feel about any of these players. I don't know if they're good. I don't. They're certainly inconsistent, as Dobbo said. I don't know if I like them. I don't know if I want them to stay. And I don't know if they've... Well, they certainly haven't contributed enough as a collective because we're where we are in the table. So he's had spells, Fraser. He's had spells, but he hasn't been able to do it on a week-by-week basis. And sadly if we're going to get promoted and we, if we're going to play one up front, you need people in those sorts of positions like a Jez who perhaps fell into a lap a little bit, but you need people who are able to do it every single week. And, and sadly, Scott hasn't. So yeah, I'm pleased he's ended the season on that note. I think I'd like him to be around the squad next year, probably just on balance, but I, I don't know if he's got it in him to be a regular, if we're going to be the, the team that need to make up, what is it? A 30 point deficit to, to hit those top two places next year. Mm, indeed. Um, Terry, the goal for Jack Payne as well. So Tom just mentioned him there. I don't know, like he, he said himself when we spoke to him after the game at Milton Keynes that he feels like he has underperformed this season. But again, in terms of in terms of stats, he, he's not been too awful, you know, in, in the goal in, in the goal stakes. He's he, he's sort of up there. He's certainly in our top five or six scorers. He got seven this campaign. Um yeah, and another one who I don't know, it probably does sum up our season that we've sort of had a couple of players who floated through spells and they looked all right in those little spells, but actually on the whole, it hasn't been, been enough. Maybe that's why we are where we are. Let's, as Dobbo said, inconsistent performances, or, or is that just how good they are? They can do it only, only a little bit. I guess you'll only find that out if they stay with us a bit longer or, or wherever they go to next, um, if they're not. But yeah, I think Jack Payne, I mean, it might be coming up from, um, what's lead to Swindon, wasn't he? He came from, so uh, coming up a division may take a little while to send in. I, I sort of agree with Tom about um, maybe underrated a little bit. 
and underperformed in the same breath because there's some there's there's a time especially going forward um but he's in a he's in a team that is inconsistent the midfield especially can be look outstanding one minute and then look a little fragile the next uh, especially when we're up against a, a hard press or a much better side, I suppose, with better players. But, um, yeah, I, I, you feel a little bit sorry for someone like Jack Payne who's been in and out of the side. So you need a consistent run to be able to perform at your best. And he hasn't had that opportunity, whether that's down to him or is it is, is something you could throw at him, I suppose. Um, but um, if he is staying with us, I don't know what his contract is, to be fair. If he's with us next season, you'd hope that this season has been a learning curve for him and he'll get better next yeah, I'll have at least another year. Uh, Chris saying, I like Payne. Uh, he worked better from the bench uh, as an impact uh, sub. Um, yeah, keep your comments coming in. We've got loads to come to, which we will come to in a few moments' time. Finally, Mark, just before we hear then from, from Dean Holden, um, the, the goals we conceded, the first one, a long shot from, from Alfie May, which I was right behind the angle of it. Like Ashley actually did really well to get across to it. It was well struck. But again, there's there's no one alert to the rebound as we saw against Morecambe at the Valley a couple of weeks ago, uh, for example. And then and then the last one, you know, we, we've chucked on the youngsters. Um, I was impressed with a Simway actually, by the way, when he came on. Tell he, he looked a good player, but um, I know you would have seen more of him than I did. But yeah, Roddy was sort of not able to close down May on the edge of the box, who, who hit a good strike. So yeah, I mean, if, if it's funny that we've started the season and ended the season in exactly the same vein scoring late on the road, thinking you've won it and then conceding. Um, our uh, defensive problems have gone all the way from the very start to the very end. Yeah, I think it's typical Charlton, really. Uh, you want to say it's just a learning curve. In a point in this game, we've, we talked about this a few games ago, saying about would you put the youngsters in? Uh, yeah, it's a learning curve. So Roddy will know now what he's got to do. And so when it comes down to sort of like a, a more important game, because this wasn't an important game. It was, you know, for all, oh, can we finish 10th? It's It wasn't like we were sort of like one point out of the playoffs and a draw killed that hope. So, you know, with the youngsters coming in, and I think it's funny because you said about the questions, Tom said about questions, you put up the highlights. I think the fact that we've got the youngsters there and we can bring them in and blood them. And I don't think it's a sentimentality from the gaffer to say that. I think he's looked at them and gone, you know, you've impressed me in training. So you get a chance and let's see how you do in a league situation. And in a game like this, it's like playing them in the Papa John's or something. It doesn't really matter. You know, if we lose, yes, we conceded late, but to be honest, the way our defence has played this season, I don't think there's a Charlton fan who was there who was surprised that happened. I mean, until the referee blows his whistle at the end, you're just thinking we're going to concede because we haven't had a spell where our defence has looked rock solid. So it does bookend the season ironically, in a very Charlton way. Mm, indeedy. Right, let's have a listen then to our final uh, interview of the campaign with the Addicts boss, uh, Dean Holden. I spoke to him after the draw over at Cheltenham. The entertaining game to finish the season. Uh, I guess a bit of frustration that he didn't hold on for all three points. Yeah, and I don't think so much holding on. I think we've, we've created some guilt-edged chances right throughout the game, haven't we? We should have, should have been home and dry, easy. So, you know, we've shown our frailties defensively to, to concede the two goals... Um, it's a game we should have won uh, so that's the disappointing thing you know I think we, we started the game alright we scored a brilliant goal through Scotty Fraser that was given offside that wasn't and um, a couple of penalty shouts in there as well but overall we've done more than enough to win the game but you know you switch off and you have lapses of concentration and someone like Alfie May will, you know, will, will go and punish you and, and he did so and uh, ultimately 2-2 is probably not what we deserve but it, 
you know, it cements 10th plate position in the league, which is, we would have took that at, uh, at Christmas when we came in. I think look at MK Don's a similar position at the time we've ended up getting relegated. So it's been a decent second half of the season, but yeah, I've just, I've just had a look there. I think we finished 36 points off the top two and I think 15 points from the playoffs. So it just shows you how much work there is to do to you know, to get up to them positions next season. Yeah, when you look at your, your points per game since you come in, would finish only five or six points shy of the playoffs, I think. So is that something that you'll try and take this momentum into next season? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. But at the same time, you know, we've done that without a pre-season with the players and then only three or four months to work with them. So, and, and obviously one transfer window. So, yeah, there's a lot of work to do. You know, there's, there's, the next couple of weeks is going to be really intense in terms of driving the recruitment and, and, and all the stuff around the, um, the training ground to improve for, for next season. We need to be looking at obviously higher up the division next season. That's the aim. Um, but again, for the future, I think we've had ten academy players on the pitch today, which was which was fantastic to see. Steve Avery was here to see that as well. So, you know, a great moment for the, in the three in particular that got the debuts: Roddy and Nathan Simmer League debut, and obviously Henry Riley was a young player. So. Uh, a day they'll never forget and um, yeah just disappointed we couldn't end it with a win because we did more than enough to do that and you know, obviously want to send our supporters on with, with three points but we're grateful to them again for the support um, hard work starts now yeah. I mean Nathan in particular he's right in front of me on this side I thought he looked really composed when he came on is that fair? yeah he's uh, he's got really good technical ability um, fantastic pace and power real athlete so he's uh, yeah he's one of a number of youngsters that we're really excited about yeah yeah. Um, you, mean, you mentioned the support I think we should say it's a, just under a thousand who come considering it is a mid-table season Charlton's support on the road incredible, particularly eh? this season has been incredible it is incredible no getting away from it and you've got to be careful I'm not always playing up to the fans with all my interviews but I, I, I genuinely mean it it's, it's, it's hard to cash that innit on a bank holiday weekend a lot of time away um, from home travelling up and down and ultimately we've not given them enough and um, that's to be the driver for next season I've just spoke to the players again it's repeated messages at the moment for the last couple of weeks and again after the game there which is I want them to go away and, and mentally sort of switch off for a week or two, but then they've got then they've all got the programme. We're able to monitor them 24/7 now throughout the off season, and they've got to come in absolutely ripped physically. They've got to come in um, as fit as they've ever been because there's been issues with that this season. And we, you know, we can't. We've got no time to waste. 22nd of June, the players are back in. We've got no time to waste. So right from day one, the mentality is going to be like this is where we're aiming to get to. And it's all right saying it. You've got to have actions that back it up. So you know, make no mistake. That'll be the, that'll be the. Uh, where we're heading. I guess that's already started now. You've started to have your conversations with the players who will either be offered deals or uh, allowed to leave the club. Is, uh, was they difficult conversations to have before the, the final game? How did they go? Yeah, it's, it's, it's never an easy part of the job. You know, you're telling a, a player that he's not going to be retained. It's it's an honest conversation. I do it face to face. I was there myself as a player. I remember what it was like. And, you, you know, it's not an easy conversation. At the same time, it's it's a big decision you have to make as a manager. There's no sentiment involved in that. You have to make the decisions that are going to benefit this football club. That's my job as the manager, and that's the responsibility I carry. But at the same time, yeah, you try and do it in as human way, human a way as possible, and hope that the players appreciate your honesty. Yeah, and obviously you left a couple out today, like George and, and Ryan, who are at risk of suspension. I guess that's the sensible thing to do with with the bands that were potentially overhanging them. Yeah, I mean the way that you know what Dobbo's like, the way that he plays, he's. You know, if he'd have got a caution, it would have been for him to miss the first three games. Would have been ridiculous next season. The same with Ryan. If Ryan, would, you know, ended up coming on the pitch at any point and gets himself a red card, it's he'd have been looking at six, seven games or more from start of seasons. Isn't it? So, no, no, no need for the for the risk. Do you know when we'll we'll be getting the retain list? Is that, is that something that'll be soon? Don't know or? the exact dates yeah. of it, but it'll be yeah, it'll be out soon. Yeah. There we go, Dean Holden uh, speaking to myself. Uh, after the game over at Cheltenham, then on the final day of the campaign, I hope we haven't lost Terry, but he's uh, he's just a black square currently. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously the questions uh, on on the uh, 
tip of everybody's tongue now is when are we going to get the the retained list? Uh, Callum's asking that in the chat. I've seen a couple of other people asking that as well. So I, I did ask Dean that on Sunday, and um, I don't think it's been confirmed as to when that list will be out yet. Uh, but it's going to be soon, uh, by the sounds of it. Um, I mean, let's read. Let, let's uh, you know, you can never read too much into team selection on the final day. But let, let, let's try and read too much into the team selection on the final day. Um, so Ryan Innes was one of uh, a couple of players who are left out because of potential suspension hanging over them. Obviously, George Dobson, we know he's a booking risk. If he if he's out, if he got booked, he would have been out for three games now. <laughs> I've never seen anyone not play because they're a sending off risk, but that was the situation with Ryan Innes. If if he were to get sent off, it would be a um, well, potentially a four or five game ban at the start of next season. We're not entirely sure which one it would have been. Um, yeah, it, was Dean using that as an excuse or as all hell let you loose send? Does that mean Innes is going? What do you think? That's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's... I think Dean's not the sort of person that would make an excuse up. I think he would have just not even given a reason why Ryan wasn't in the squad because he hasn't given a reason for some of the others that weren't in the squad. So I I, I feel my gut is telling me that we will probably still have Ryan with us next season. Um, but... Um, yeah, it's always difficult to know, isn't it? Like, just when you're looking at that squad, and I think we'd already said last Thursday that we, we sort of foresaw that there would probably be quite a lot of the academy um, involved. Don't know whether we necessarily thought there would be as many as, what was it, 11 in the end, including the bench. Um so, I mean, it says, it says amazing things about our academy, but I think it also says quite a lot about the players that are clearly not going to be around next season. But the two that he explained, I feel, will be the two that we will keep. Because um, he's, not, he's not someone that would make excuses, is he? Dean's quite a straight talker when it comes to things like that. Um, mm. He just didn't need to say anything about Ryan, did he? I think George is an obvious one, just in the fact that George, everyone adores George. It, Ryan has always been this question mark of whether we should keep him. And I think by Dean actually making a point and mentioning why Ryan wasn't in the squad, potentially points to him being kept. Mm. Well, that's an interesting one. So, obviously, I'll, I'll open it up to everyone in the chat. Would, would you keep Ryan in this? Are there any names out there that you'd like to say you would or wouldn't keep? Um, Tom, in terms of, you know, I, I've asked Dean quite a lot about about the level of churn. You know, people were sort of reading into a lot of the Instagram messages on, on Sunday. So, obviously, someone someone mentioned it in the chat earlier about Cess was sort of dropping hints, wasn't he? Give, giving the little eyes and all the players were saying, we'll see you next season and all this, including the likes of Albie Morgan, who obviously, is, as we currently know, is uh, coming out of contract. It's Tom who said it. Is Seth staying, been some stuff on Instagram from him and other players, uh, Payne especially staying, he is. I mean, is that one you'd like to see going forward like, here next season? Obviously, he's had his injury problems. Is that the sort of player we want? When he's when he's played, he's been all right, but... Can, can we trust him in terms of injuries? That's the problem. That's the problem. I was just looking at our top goal scorers list on, uh, I think it was on BBC Sport, and Chooks and Ike has got the best goals to minutes ratio of the whole squad, I think, even above Miles Lieber. But 
that's no good if he's only playing four or five games a season, is it? So, Sess is the same. I think Sess is one of the more competent players. Oh, I, genuinely, I think if money wasn't was no object, there's is there anyone? Miles and Ash, maybe the only two. I'd be that fussed if we lost. But the reality is, we we can't change twenty players. So, players like Sess, players like Fraser, players like Dobbo, Corey those ones that maybe aren't as consistent and can't do it week in, week out or have their injury worries are probably players we're going to have to keep and build a squad around because we can't have a complete overhaul. As I say, I don't think I would have no problem if the entire first 11 was different barring, barring keeper and strike and even keeper. Jojo was fine. So maybe Miles is the only person in that starting 11 that I think has earned his place for next season, to be honest. Um, and that, in itself speaks about what this side have, have been this year and how they've performed. So, yeah, players like Cess, players like Egbo, when he's when he's played, has looked okay. But again, he's had his injury issues. Um, Ness, I thought, had done excellently, then got his injury. Yeah, it's just a, it's a very tough year. And I guess it all rests on that multi-million pound, hopefully, question of who actually is owning us going into the summer. But arguably, there's a good chance that more of the squad will be here than any of us want because we simply don't have the resources to replace them. And again, if we then look at that progression we've got to make this year, that makes that even more difficult. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think on, on Cess Bradley, uh, he's saying that he needs to sort his knee out um, first. Um, I mean, quite a few people have commented on Innis as well. Steve says that he's great when informed, but he's also a liability. Key says Innis has to go uh, for me. Um, and uh, that was Keith. Yeah, Chris says, always a mistake uh, from Innes in every game. And Jonathan says, if we keep Innes, it shows our ambition as a club. You know, and, that, and that's partly tell why I've been asking the manager about all this churn. You know, that, that's a word that has been quite high in my mind, the churn thing, because I feel like we need to see quite a lot of turnover. And I don't know, just judging by the the people getting involved on on Instagram over the weekend, it feels like... There won't perhaps be as much as we were expecting. Uh, are, are we are, are we over-egging the amount that we need? Are the club underestimating how much of a change we need? I think um, only Dean can probably answer that. How many he thinks he needs and how many he thinks he's going to get. Um, I uh, I said probably more in um, hope than expectation last time I was on that I'm hoping that we could add players to some of the better players in the squad and become a better team and they become better players. Um I'm clutching at straws, potentially, I know, uh, but that's what I do. That's what you tend to do as a Charlton fan anyway. <laughs> um, but Ryan Innes, when he was alongside uh, Famua, for example, was outstanding. Uh, Ryan Innes alongside Lucas Ness was, was you know, had a trouble-free period. So um, would I keep him? I think, uh, I think we need to add to that area, no question about it. Would he be my first choice? Maybe not. But would he be a good squad player? Possibly. And so um, I'd, and I'd believe this, actually, if Cess and uh, Manny Egbo have been our, two of our defence either side for the majority of the season, I think we'd in a, been in a much better place than we are now because uh, I think that stability we, we've missed all season. Um, yes, Cess needs to get his knee sorted out and I think it is, it is a surgical thing. So hopefully in the summer that gets done, whether or not he's staying. I mean, he'll be on decent money because he's a, a Fulham, Fulham player. So it won't be cheap. So he'll have to decide, I guess it's down to him. If we want to keep him, and I'm sure we do, he'll have to decide whether he wants to take a drop in the salary that will bound to come from being a Premier League uh, uh, squad member to being a, 
uh, a League One player. So, yeah, it's a difficult one to call. We know that um, changes are necessary, changes are needed, and changes have to happen. But as Tom said, that may depend on how much uh, money we got to, to spend. And I think it was Dean that said uh, he doesn't know yet. And so uh, he's probably got three options. And what he said was he's got uh, three potential supermarkets to shop in. Uh, I'm not going to uh, advertise, but you can choose those supermarkets uh, and where you think we might be. And so it depends whether we get uh, Poundland replacements or uh, or we shop in John Lewis. Yeah, I was about to say, let's hope it's not the Poundland in, in Charlton <laughs> at the moment, because it is going through uh, our own reserve bucket list, re- reduced to clear. Um, yeah, Chris said, can't remember the last time I felt there were so many players who we as fans can't relate to, but a manager... We absolutely love it's. Uh, it's a bit confusing. Yeah, um, I, I think it's probably a fair question. There, uh, there was a good thread on on one of the forums talking about you know how, how would you rate Dean out of ten this season, Mark? I'll throw that. I'll throw that at you. You know, we, we we've had a you know, half a season now with with Dean Holden. Obviously, out, outperformed Ben Garner, got us away from the relegation zone. But you know, as I said to Dean in in our post match interview, there his points per game wouldn't get you in the playoffs and and obviously when you're extending a run from half a season to over the course of a whole season it can be hard to keep up the form that you've you've put put in already so where are you landed on mark uh, on uh, on dean after this, this half a season and again anyone in the comments let's let's us know what you think as well oh I don't know i think if i'm being overly straight down the road about a seven out of ten um i like him i think obviously he's come in and has to play the cards which were left in his hand from the previous player. It's not like he came in, got a, a massive window of transfers and can then try and do it. Of course, he's got a bunch of players who maybe don't understand exactly what they have to do for him. I mean, in a couple of ways. I mean, one, in a disciplined way. He's also touched it and said they weren't fit enough, which... You know, a manager comes in and looks at the team and thinking, why aren't you fit enough? Why, You know, he's saying they've got to come back in pre-season and be ready. He said, we're not up to it. So, you know, he's he's been strung by having an owner who's got his head up his hoop. And obviously the uncertainty affects him as well. I think he's done well to sort of like to, he's instilled, it seemed like a bit of discipline. He's jumped up onto players who have breached that. And, you know, to, to good effect. And I think we've been glad of that. And I think if he has a good, good pre-season and brings in a few players who he'd like, I think you you can't judge him until 10 games, 15 games Christmas of next season and then say, right, let's see how he's done. Because like every charter manager for the last X amount of years, he's doing it handcuffed. He's doing it handcuffed to a lamppost. He's doing it handcuffed to a lamppost with his trousers by his ankles. It's, it's like he's trying to manage for club and be on a stag do at the same time. Um, is it a fair playing field? I mean, look, he's not come, coming out each week and saying, oh, if I had this, I had that. He's been honest. Like Sue says, he has been honest. Um, and but I think a couple of times he's come out and he's not been as angry as I'd like to have been. Um, and this is a man who just looks permanently angry. So, no, I think 7 out of 10 would be fair, and I think there's room for improvement, as I think there always is. I think we'll see pre-season, you know, he brings some youngsters in, he brings in a few players, get chopped some dead wood, and we'll go again. Excellent. Well, Dan says that um, Holden needs funds to invest in a squad 
uh, that he chooses them to play his way. Chris says, uh, eight on the pitch, and I love him down the oak. He's always a good night, so a 10. <laughs> That's from Chris. He's, he's obviously found a new drinking partner there in the um, uh, in the manager. All hell let loose, says Dean has to play a system he doesn't really want to uh, because of the squad uh, he inherited. Uh, Keith thinks that Dean's a good fit. The club needs to back him now, or we will be in the same uh, place again next season. Yeah, similar from, from Steve and Patrick. Steve saying uh, Holden's been excellent, inherited a mess and confusion from Ghana, turned things around. Hope he gets a chance with his players in pre-season. Uh, and Patrick said uh, Holden can't do much more without backing. Only squad selection is a small problem of his. Uh, he's definitely the man for the job because who else uh, would come in at the moment? Right, we're going to have a break in a few seconds' time. Uh, we're going to say goodbye to our shapeshifter as well, Mark Newbury, who's uh, gone through about 15 different strips since he's been on the show. Um, so yeah, just, just before you go, Mark, thanks for your help this season. And uh, you're welcome, mate. You. Enjoyed it as always. You know, good times, bad times. See you at Welling, and the optimism starts again. Yeah, there we go. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure the optimism has to start somewhere, doesn't it? So thanks for your time, Mark. Uh, we'll see you all after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, pierces there, Bowers with a header, and it's John! Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! The absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! John have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Guess it! Come on! What a time to be here on Wembley! Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is our final show of the 2022-23 season. As you uh, may well have seen, we have seamlessly replaced Mark Newbury uh, with Lewis Catt, who's fresh out of the gym and therefore one of our fittest players. How are you doing, Lou? Hello, everyone. How are we doing? You okay? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Not too bad indeed. Um, We've just been, of course, looking at the... uh, the season as a whole, as you can see down the bottom there, just before we're going to hear from George Jobson shortly, and I'll ask his thoughts on where it all went wrong. Um, but I, I, I've had some stats scrolling, scrolling down the bottom of the screen. So we finished 16, uh, 15 points off sixth, 36 points off automatic promotion, 39 off top, uh, 17 above 21st. So it's a mid-table season, and, and these are the most interesting stats. So we were amongst the highest scorers in the division with sixth best, but... Um, we're quite far down the table in terms of conceded 66, and we had the fourth worst amount of clean sheets uh, this season. There. So what we're saying is we're very average. We're quite good going forward. We're dreadful at the back. If you had to put your finger on where it actually went wrong this season, and, and you've got as long as you need, 
where, what would you say would would be where it went wrong this season? Well, <laughs> um, I think uncertainty at the start of the season. I think with with Ben Garner coming in, it felt like a little bit of a left field appointment at the time. I think people were maybe expecting something a little bit different, but we all maybe bought into the fact that he he played this expansive, you know, exciting football at Swindon and was at the top of the the stats for the goals and, and things like that. And we kind of accepted that he maybe, you know, they conceded almost as many as they scored, but it felt like an exciting brand of football. Followed that was maybe the lack of the uh, the lack of recruitment in the summer to suit that system. You look at some of the starters at, at the start of the season under Ben, there weren't really any new faces in there effectively. I mean, you look at it, Jojo um, Willicott as the keeper, I don't. I can't remember if Manny started the first game or not. I don't think he did. There were two players that played that system under Ben um, for Swindon the season before, and we're lining up at Accrington with pretty much a similar side to what we finished the season with under Jacko, um, playing a completely different style. I think that we we were under resourced in trying to play a certain brand, and obviously we know that brand was pushed by the owner. And I, th- I think as soon as an owner is is having a say in what brand of football you play, you're already onto a, onto a back foot. Um, we obviously went on and had a few positive results under under Ben Garner. A few a few of the games that were obviously exciting. The, the Ipswich Four obviously stands out, I imagine, to most people. Um, but really, that lack of consistency to build on any of those results under Ben then obviously very quickly turned. Um, I was quite surprised how quickly he was he was dismissed in December. Um, I think we'd lost maybe two on the bounce, um, and prior to that, I think we haven't we hadn't won many. Had we haven't won, but we we had a few fairly decent-ish results um, with the cut run and everything. So I was a little bit surprised when he left, um, and it just builds uncertainty again, doesn't it? You know, we're we're a club that for the last few seasons in this division have started with one manager and finished with another for three seasons on the spin, and, and it's very hard to build any kind of structure consistency with by changing and you know chopping and changing and if you are going to change then you need to back whatever manager comes in to play the right system and play with the players that he wants to use you know i think the recruitment in january this year obviously probably although bodies there were maybe more mirrored the the quality of the of the season before that really you know macaulay bond came in didn't really hit the heights um really the only one that that can really take anything away from this season is michael hector and at that point, we needed investment and we needed bodies uh, and it didn't happen. So, again, at the end of that January window, we were all feeling deflated. Um, the resource wasn't there. And to be honest, I think with Dean coming in, I think he's performed miracles with with what he was left with. And it's just too little too late, really. You know, by, by the time Dean came in, I think the season was done. We'd all written it off by November, December. And it's it's just that sort of acceptance from what feels like acceptance from above that, you know, you can get out of this division by breaking even and, and not investing overly in the playing side is a myth because it's it's not happened. Um, we finished another, you know, mid-table mediocre season. And it, it's depressing because you want to finish the season looking forward to the next. And of course, there's always that optimism and that excitement of a, of a fresh season and a fresh start. But how many times have we been here before? And it's going to be very difficult to sell this football club, not just in general, but to its supporters for next season. And 
we know this football club relies heavily on the support of the fan base. And, and when you get the Valley rocking, that is worth points in itself because at home, you know, we become a completely different force. And it just feels like come the end of this season, there was a, a sort of a disconnection between the playing squad and the fans, which I haven't seen for a long time. And as soon as that happens, then, you know, you're you're onto a hiding to nothing. And it, and it just felt that come the end of that Cheltenham game Sunday, you know, the player of the year do, I completely forgot we were even playing on Sunday. And that's where we are. And, you know, and that that's where it is at the moment. For me, there is a, a big job on in the summer, as I've said on the last couple of shows. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see how we rebuild. Not just if, but how we do it. Because we don't even know who's going to be owning the football club. There's a lot of uncertainty uh, and that's going to do us no no good going into into next season. And, you know, we, we deserve better as fans. We don't want to be sat on here this time next season, all of us, and, and talking about the same problems and the same mistakes being made. So, ultimately, there's a big job on, on the hands of, of not just Dean, but everybody behind the scenes to get it right. And I think Dean's the right person. I've no doubt that Dean is, is a very much a Charlton Athletic manager. He gets it and he has those same personality traits as as Powley and stuff where you feel like you can buy into him. You know, you, he's one of those managers where you, you go to a game and we lose and you just, even when you lose, you feel like, you know what? I just believe in Dean. I do. There's just something about him. The whole rapport of him is very positive and it shows how good he can be because of the positivity around him in such a bad season. Just imagine what he could do if he's given the tools to do so. So look, this season, it's been a you know it's been a write off. I don't think the Ben Garner appointment was the right one. That puts you on the back foot from the off because you're trying to restart your season in December. Dean came in, probably didn't get the recruitment that he wanted in January. We don't even know who did the recruitment in January. Whoever it was, aren't here anymore, and it's just instability throughout the whole season. So as Mark said just before I came on, maybe bar the trousers around the ankles, but uh, was definitely was definitely doing his job with his hands tied behind his back, very much from the off. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a good, there's a good point you make about. I mean, who who did the the January transfer window? That's what Bradley said. Said I'd love to know who got Matt Penny in. Uh, do we need a change from Gallon? But I mean, the understanding, the way it was sort of told to us, was that effectively that the Mevan lot did January's transfer window, and that's why. I mean, if it's them who's coming in, I'm a bit nervous that their uh, their scouting system isn't really up to scratch. But you know, there's there, there's more to talk about in terms of. What's going to come next? I've got a few uh, sort of questions that I'm going to throw into the mix as well, uh, which we'll open up to the chat. Loads of conversations going in on in the, in the YouTube comments. I'm really grateful for that. But I want to hear our exclusive interview with George Dobson. So obviously, Dobbo didn't play at Cheltenham on uh, Sunday, but he did come and speak to me after the game as a captain of the club, uh, just to give us his thoughts uh, on the end of the campaign. Well, we've come to the end of the season, finishing 10, 15 points outside the playoffs, 17 points above the relegation. It's a, it's a mid-table season again. How, how have you seen this campaign? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a frustrating one. It's obviously been, if, if you're looking at it, it's been a very inconsistent one. We've, we've had some brilliant performances. Uh, like you look back to the, the Plymouth games, like the Portsmouth aways, the, um, even up at Sheffield Wednesday when we lost. Um and then we've obviously had some bad, some really bad days. That, that's the that's the thing we've obviously got to work on as a team, as a club, find that consistency because um, th- that's what gets you out of the division. So, yeah, a lot of work to be going on in the summer um, as players and obviously behind the scenes to, to make sure that 
this time next season we're, we're in a much better place. Can you put your finger on why there has been that inconsistency this year? Because obviously, I think Charlton fans, they, they got to this stage last year and hoping it was it was going to be different, but in reality, it's probably been pretty similar to, to last season. Yeah. yeah, no, it has, it has. Um, and I'm being honest, probably we've just been maybe a little bit short at times. Um, uh, at the top of the pitch, we, at the start of the season, we just we didn't, didn't really um, score enough goals. Uh, and then, and then we've just had too many inconsistent performances. Um, I, I don't know why. Maybe because it's a young group. Um, but uh, that's why I feel like for all the young players this this season, we'll we'll put them in real good stead for next because they would have had the experiences of playing uh, week in week out. You're looking at Miles, TC, Nessie, um, some Aaron, some brilliant young players who have come in and. Uh, really showed what they're about which which give us the foundation to build and then um, obviously with, with, with players new players coming into the club hopefully um, really adding to the squad and, and putting ourselves in a good position to, to have a go and be strong next year And also you've been given the captain's role since Dean Holden's coming out have you found that in the second half of this season? Yeah really enjoyed it it's uh it's been something different I did it a bit a bit at Walsall when I was younger but um, it's the first time I felt like uh, felt like being a proper captain and now I've really enjoyed it yes there's a lot to do it's a lot different but I've just tried to just tried to to be myself and try and help and lead others um, on and off the pitch but uh, now I'm really looking forward to yeah just having having a couple of weeks off um, and then and then working working hard during the off season to make sure I come back in real good shape because yeah there's nothing I want more than this club to get promoted and obviously a skipper it'd be the it would be the best feeling ever so um yeah it's there's a lot of work to go on obviously the gaffer would have would have said um a lot of work to go on behind the scenes and then it is it's down to us as players and as a as a coaching staff playing staff to to really deliver as, as captain as well, do, do you feel like there's almost a pressure on yourself to try and bring the best out of others? I mean, are there conversations in dressing rooms if, if someone's not pulling their weight? Is that something you have to do this season and next? Yeah, of course, of course. And when it's a young group, it's, it's, it's giving them love, really. Uh, just building them up, telling them how good they are and how good they can be, uh, especially with the younger players. But no, yeah, of course, it's part and parcel of it. Um, and yeah, there's a lot that... Not that goes on, but I've really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, looking forward to to next season already. Yeah, I mean, we've seen today and, and all season, particularly on the road, like our backing has been incredible for a, a side that is in mid-table in League One. Yeah, um, I guess that that's part of what you want to deliver for next season. You really want to deliver for those fans who've oh, travelled all this 100%, way. hundred uh, percent. Even looking at today, uh, we've obviously got that mid-table. Obviously, can't go up, can't go down, and they still travelled in a in a huge. Huge following, obviously near enough, selling out the whole away, um, the whole away stand. So, no, there's nothing I want more to be able to deliver success for them and and bring the good times back for them because they deserve it. Um, so, as I said, that's that's for, that's on us as players. We can only um, appreciate their support and hope they keep coming back um, and get off to a good start next season because. That's what brings even more numbers, and then we can really, um, really hopefully kick on as a club and 
and as a squad and as a fan base all together united as one yeah i guess the uncertainty with what's going on with a takeover obviously it probably affects management more than, than players but you must feel that a bit as players there must be people in that dressing room who don't really know if they're coming or going next season does that play a part in it yeah of course obviously with with 10 with 10 games to go and and lads don't really know what they're doing it of course it does play a part but as professionals you you just have to get on with your job it's it doesn't really impact you um in in day to day uh so no, it's, it's obviously it'd be it'd be great for for the club for it to be um, for for to have the clarity, um, but if not, as as players, it's for us to be professional and there's lots of work going on behind the scenes to um, to to kick on as a club, regardless of what the situation is. Obviously, Dean's found a way to keep you out of the referee's notebook uh, but by not letting you play today. Obviously, that was the, the right decision, but it was, I thought it was a really entertaining game to end the season. Obviously, frustration that we didn't see it out. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I, I thought we it was actually a really good performance. We we could have scored six, couldn't we, really? Um, obviously, disappointing to concede a couple of, concede a couple of goals, but, um, yeah, they, they probably summed up our season. <laughs> Uh, in a way, but now there's some really good performances, and yeah, now time to now time to rest and reflect and look forward to next season. There we go. That was our exclusive interview with the uh, addict skipper George Dobson, who very kindly came to speak to me after the game uh, over at Cheltenham. Um, Paul Paul said exactly what I was about to say coming out of that interview. So. Uh, Paul Skingley in the chat says, Curb said it on many occasions. Where are our leaders? Nobody's talking on the pitch. With that in mind, is Dobbo our captain next season? Obviously, I was given the chance to ask Dobson George some questions. So that was a question I went with, Sue, because I've seen enough this season to suggest that there should be real arguments in that dressing room. There should be people pointing at at other people and saying, you have not trapped back there. You have not closed down your man there. Is George the man to do that? Is there enough of that in that dressing room? Is there enough leadership in that dressing room to point at someone when they haven't tracked back, when they haven't put a challenge in? Because that, that there's been big elements of that this season. And that's, that is why I asked George that question. He was talking about more loving the youngsters and that. But I'll be honest, when I heard that, I was thinking, that's not, that's not what I wanted to hear. I was hoping you're going to be a bit more upfront with the players who aren't pulling the weight. I think that it's an interesting thing with the role of captain, isn't it? Because everyone's got their view on what, what that looks like. And we have had skippers in the past that haven't been big ranters. They lead by example. So you don't need to be captain to be a leader. You can be a leader in that dressing room. You can dig out your colleagues if they're not pulling their weight and not doing what they should be doing. You don't need to have that armband on to do that role. Um, I feel like George is a good captain because he does lead by example. He puts in 100% every game. He's um, he's running around here, there and everywhere. He's picking up where other people are like, lacking. I feel like he w- he should continue as captain. But as well, I'm, I'm looking at the comments in the in the chat and I think if, if Hector stays, he would be a good shout for, for captain as well because he's got... He's, he's, got that experience but also he comes up you've seen it on the pitch that he'd be digging people out on the pitch so I think you don't when you when you look back and you look at maybe when um Jacko was skipper and he had Solly as as backup now Solly we all know is probably one of the shyest guys you'll ever meet 
So they complement each other really well. So I think if you've got a captain and a vice captain that have got that sort of complement each other in their personalities, that you've got one that's a bit of a ranter and a shouter, but you've got another one that kind of like quietly goes about their business but leads the team in a different way, then I don't see why George couldn't still be captain. Um it, it is it is one and I, a lot of people do have that in their head that captain has to be this this ranter and this shouting and all of this but if you're playing in a team there's nothing to stop any one of you we all do it at work if someone in my team isn't doing what I think they should be doing I'm going to talk to them about it um I'm not the team manager but I'm still going to step up and do that as a professional so I think we have to keep that in mind that the, the role of skipper is not always that typical sort of Roy Keane type. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's why Tom's always texting Nave, telling him to sort of pull his socks up on the show, of course. Um, uh, Sam saying, uh, feel it's uh, fresh for Dobbo being a uh, uh, captain, but agree with Curbs uh, and me that this squad needs a proper leader to be able to call people out uh, on the pitch. Yeah, a couple of people said Hector doing that. For example, after the first goal that Cheltenham scored on, on Sunday, I did see Hector doing that as well. Right. Um, I did say we're going to uh, bring some questions to the screen. So I've got I've got five or six questions. We probably won't get time for all of them. I'll just go round in order. So Tom's probably going to get the the easiest one. Uh, and actually, a nice question. What was what was the best game uh, this season? So obviously, uh, get involved in the chat as well. There's a few choices there, Tom. Um, I, I'm guessing Ipswich away isn't on the list. Which one are we going to go for? If it's not going to be Millwall losing yesterday, then uh, probably probably Ipswich at home, which I know is is easy and obvious, but I've never seen a game like it. Um, so despite all the chaos this season, to to have a a moment like that, scoring a ninety sixth minute goal and then a ninety eighth minute goal to level, like it doesn't really matter where you are in the league or what league you're in. That feeling when that goal goes in is. You know, it's not far off Wembley, really, in terms of that that moment. Obviously, the bigger picture is. So uh, that would be up there. I think if I had to just pick one, the Old Trafford probably pushes it as well, just as a day out. Um, yeah, they're probably the main two, I think. Yeah, a few others being thrown into the mix there. Um, Freeman bringing up the 6-0 against Shrewsbury. I'm assuming he's, he's put now the 6-0. I'm assuming he meant the, uh, the Shrewsbury win rather than the Ipswich loss. Um, yeah, Andrew saying Plymouth at home, which we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Connor quite rightly uh, reiterating Tom's point of Millwall against uh, Blackburn yesterday, uh, which I, I had to go on Radio London yesterday and they actually said, I bet you enjoyed it this afternoon. I had to bite my tongue because I'm not allowed to say anything like that on Radio London. But um, yeah, Sydney saying Exeter away because that's when she got George Dobson's shirt. So yeah, that is where, where memories have made. Um, uh, Brighton at home was a great home game, says Deadlocks, which is a uh, a good shout. And Chris Collingwood says uh, when your best game uh, this season is a draw at home, then that sums the season up. I know it was extraordinary, but blimey, imagine that uh, a few years ago. Yeah, Patrick uh, backing up, deadlocked on the, uh, the the Brighton game as well. Now, this one um, is, uh, well, there's a lot of options there for you, Lewis, but the worst performance this season. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, take, take your pick from, from quite a few. Yeah, I mean, I want to avoid the Ipswich one because I think it's really obvious, the 6-0 Ipswich. And one I would go with, and I think it is fitting because of the the quote that you said on the radio after is Stockport away in the cup. I thought that was absolutely diabolical. And I think you you stated it as our lowest ebb. And 
you were bang on the money. <laughs> and then Ipswich yeah, happened. Just... <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. that that was bad because I think it was the unset. We just lost Ben Garner. We didn't know what was going on. Um, it was all up in the air. It was a horrible Tuesday night. But that yeah, that Stockport game was was very very bad. Yeah, uh, Connor saying a uh, derby or Stockport away. Yeah, the the derby game away was just a bit of a nothing. I mean, all hell let loose. Uh, said um, I think said Ipswich uh, seventy six roof for the same Forest Green game at home was a tough one. Now Steve's uh, mentioned one I was going to say Port Vale away, so, so Derby away and Port Vale away. Um, that was uh, obviously the explosive um, Ben Garner rant after the after the end of the game, uh, which was quite interesting. But yeah, the, the performance was bad. It was it was another game where we conceded a goal that was dreadful as well. That one, you know, with with all due respect to, to Port Vale, who'd obviously just got promoted into the division, that that really summed up where we are as a club. They're going there and. And being well beaten, we're only having a few chances at the end of the campaign. Right, let's lighten the mood a bit. Tell for your one, the funniest moment uh, of of the season. I know you enjoy your your away days with with the media boys, so I imagine you've got quite a few that you you're happy to talk about. Oh yeah, loads that uh, that can that can be uh, given on air. Uh, I have to scale this back a bit, won't I? Um, there's been a few, to be fair. I mean, the one that sticks out more than anything had nothing to do with football. To be honest, it was. Um, Remember Portsmouth in the, the Sky game at the Valley? Um, well, I didn't have to go down for any post-match that day. So we, uh, we sort of, I, I sort of took my time leaving and listened to the, to the guys in the studio up, at, uh, up in the gantry. So by the time I came back down and uh, started making my way down the Kirbishley steps, um, you know the two camera gantries either side of the main one on the Kirbishley stand? Well, one on the far right, there, this um, camera person who, um, as I found out, was scared of heights. And um, the the person that was supposed to be with her to man the ladder, because um, it's been so long since Sky used those uh, camera angles that the ramps that they're supposed to pull down had rusted solid, so they had to use a normal ladder. And she, <laughs> and bless her, she weren't coming down <laughs> in a moment of Sunday, especially carrying a camera, do you know what I mean? So, um, yes, in the end, I was the one that uh, was underneath the hoist with however many thousands of pounds worth of ca- Sky camera equipment <laughs> uh, to get it down. Uh, and then, um, you know, when you hit your thumb really badly in between metal and something else to try and get the ladder to try and uh, explain, try and persuade this camera person to come down the steps, I got the biggest, what do they call them? Um, the pinch. Oh, the biggest pinch you've ever seen in your life. Really hurt. So that's probably up there. Uh, and then probably the second one was, uh, again, it's nothing to do with the football really, but Burton away when um, Amaka got, uh, got his concussion. Uh, I ended up staying up there to, to drive him back. And because it was all short notice, they stuck me in a hotel. And I don't know if anybody drove to Burton, but there's a little roundabout just before you get to uh, the main drag where the ground is. And there was this hotel. The only one left that had a room was smack in the middle of this roundabout. <laughs> and, um, well, I don't know how to put this politely. Um, yeah, 40 Towers had nothing on it. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, well, so and uh, I've stayed in some pretty bad places over the years trying to follow Charlton as well. And uh, Thomas just reminded me of um, <laughs> of uh, one uh, when uh, when Nathan got run over outside Cambridge was pretty funny. <laughs> also, also Tom getting picked up by his mum from an away game, which also happened at Cambridge. And Lewis as well is who's just mentioned one in our little chat. Um, when uh, we were on the way on the way to that same game at Burton, I think it was, or was it Burton? No, I think it, I think that was Burton actually. Yeah, on the way to Burton, uh, and uh, we were changing trains at Tamworth, and uh, a well-known Charlton fan, Vince, was standing next to a wall just off the platform with just his head 
over the wall like that. And I thought that's a strange place to stand, but he's obviously just greeting everyone as we walk past. And I didn't shake his hand, but someone, some people did shake his hand over the wall. And the reason he was stood next to that wall was because he had his uh, his little winky out and he was doing a wee against that wall. So quite a few people shook hands with a weeing man on the way to um, uh, to Burton Abbey and away. Right, two more questions, Sue. Um, I will go for... Uh, no, I won't go for that. I'll go for the most underrated player for you, Sue. And then I'll, I'll leave the nastiest one to, to Tom for last. Oh, this is quite difficult for me. I think uh, underrated. It's hard, isn't it? Because like, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Terrell Thomas, just because I think he, he did have like, a couple of injuries, and because of his history with us, um, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for him. But I think. Um, He's come in and done quite a good job, in my view, um, since since he came in under Dean. But um, as well, I can remember weirdly right at the beginning, Jez, obviously Jez got player of the season in the end, but Jez, when I sort of said Jez should be playing in the championship, I got absolute pelters. So that, that was one that I sort of looked at and went, well, Matt, Maybe I saw something back then that other people didn't say. I know other people did, but um, I think, yeah, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because some of them are, are fairly unknown to us, so you don't know the potential wise. You don't know what's there, so you don't know whether you're underrating them or not. Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, yeah, there's plenty. I've seen pretty, obviously pretty much every game this season. It's it's an interesting one. I think someone mentioned in the chat Tyrese Campbell, which I, I do think he, that was Connor who said it. I do think he has gone underrated. A lot of people have said Albie Morgan. So you know, given I feel like he's going to be here next season based on his Instagram activity over the weekend, we'll, we'll, we'll see, won't we? That'd be an interesting one because he's had some good games at the end of this season, but. Over the course of the campaign, over the course of the last few years, obviously we need to see a bit more of that. So finally, um, I think uh, it's probably an easy one, but again, it's probably one that you could get a bit of a list from. Um, Tom, a player you would never want to see in a Charlton shirt again? Singular or or can I have plural? Yeah, I mean, you, you can't just put the whole squad. Like, oh. At least three or four of them. <laughs> I had I had eight written down, but. Uh... <sighs> I mean, assuming he, uh, Penny, Bomb, Gilby, Innis, Kirk, O'Connell, McGrandles, Lavelle, already gone, obviously. Uh, maybe Sean Clare as well, chuck him in. I think if I, if I had to pick one, probably Penny. But I feel bad for him. I feel bad because he never really put the shirt on in the first place. Whereas, uh, yeah, any of them, take your pick. Yeah, well, there we go. And we, we've got uh, again. Bonds come up quite a lot in the in in the chat with a few different people. I don't know if Patrick's saying that Morgan one was that the last question or the current question. So I'm not sure. Um, yeah, Sid saying Bond. Uh, yeah, Matt Penny's come up. Uh, Paul Davenport saying how long have you got? Bond, 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 Bond. Innis um, is 100 percent getting a new deal. That's from Dan. Jai Simi. Uh, someone else said, uh, Dan said, but then uh, you know, I think he's still got another year or so, isn't he, Jaisimi, as well. Right, we, we've, we're almost at the end. Um, I, I think we've actually gone pretty much the entire show without talking about the ownership, which is nice in a way, because it, it's just giving me sleepless nights now, and I don't know 
where else we can go on this, Lewis. But, you know, as the final word of the season, I don't really know what happens next now. You know, some, some new names and new consortiums were thrown into the mix by The Athletic, was it yesterday morning? And to be honest, I sort of skimmed through them, but it's got to that stage now where I just don't, I don't really pay too much attention to the names that are out there until someone's, as we say, on the pitch strumming their guitar and we actually know who they are, you know, holding the shirt above the head because I'm I'm extremely concerned that the club's in a really vulnerable position. Obviously, Sangard has to go. Obviously, that has to end. His his tenure has been a disaster. Whatever happens next could be equally as bad. What's your final word for the summer, Louis? Do you know what? It, it feels like the club's on eBay at the moment, doesn't it? And it's it's being raffled about to the highest bidder. So we've had, what, four people linked to the club in the last couple of months or so, haven't we? We've had the, the Methan Consortium, which um, I don't know if that's changed with, with the American that's involved now. We've had Mark Spiegel and then obviously these two other these two other consortiums, um, which both seem to be of, of a network model, a bit like Roland, which obviously is a, a red flag. Um, look, ultimately, as you say, I think the the Sangard tenure has run its course because I, I think that this season has probably made the, the Sangard ownership untenable now and, and not recoverable. Um, I think for our sake and probably for his sake as well, um, it's better that that concludes as soon as possible. But it's got to fall into the right hands because when the Roland one concluded, we ended up with ESI and look at what they got us. You know, it's it's horrible that we're we're at the level probably as a football club where we're going to have the vultures circling because of you know the the people that we're going to attract to buy this football club and invest in this football club, especially when the assets are separate and you can pick it up for next to nothing, um, is concerning. Obviously, so. Look, ultimately, I think the most important thing is that this club needs stability. So whoever is going to stump up the cash and buy this football club needs to do so very quickly. Um, Thomas needs to take his money and go. And then we can start planning for next season. And, and hopefully whoever comes in gives gives Dean the resources to, to build a side that's much more competitive next season. And hopefully whoever comes in has a successful tenure. So as you say, we can spend time on these shows talking about the football and not talking about the, the boardroom. So... Let's just hope. Last final word, get it done. Let's just get it done. Excellent. Well, I think we'll leave it there, Lewis. Thanks for your time. As, as you said, like I would like to get back to talking about football sooner rather than later. I mean, the, the, the fact we actually had to get a lawyer on the show at one point in Lauren, in Lauren Creamer to discuss stuff, but that is not what football podcasts are about. Hopefully we will get back to dealing with uh, items on the pitch. Hopefully a successful season next season. But I, as I say, I'm saying that more in hope. The next expectation. Right, we have come to the end of uh, this season uh, of Charlton Live, the 22-23 campaign. Thanks to absolutely everyone who's joined us uh, this evening on the live uh, on the live chat on YouTube. Everyone who's joined us as a fan guest, uh, whether that be on, on YouTube or via the fans bar uh, over the course of the season. Thanks to all the, the players and managers, etc., who's uh, who've, who've joined us for interviews uh, from both the men's and the women's team. Congratulations to the women's team for a successful year. Um, you know, better luck next time for the men's team. Maybe we'll improve next season. Uh, I'll say massive thank you to everyone who's joined me on the show as well. So I'll start off with everyone on, on the screen. Sue, Tom, uh, Lewis and Terry. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to share this, uh, this, this year of our lives together. I look forward to many more. Cheers, mate. Thanks Cheers, for your hard work. Cheers, Louis. everyone. Cheers, everyone. Also going to say thanks to, to those of us who aren't uh, with us this evening. So the likes of Ben, uh, Joe, Mark, who was here earlier, obviously Nath, 
Uh, Paul Glover, who does a lot of work behind the scenes, who, who you guys uh, probably don't know as much about, but he does a lot of work. And, and Tash, who's uh, obviously joined the pod uh, this year as well. So, yeah, massive thanks to everyone who's joined in and uh, joined in throughout the course of the season. Uh, we're, we're going on a well overdue break now. Um, we, we Normally, we come back uh, the weekend before the first league game of the season. Obviously, if anything major happens between now and then, we'll probably fire up the old YouTube account to, to do something about that. But I, I do need a break because it's been, it's been a long season uh, and uh, I've forgotten what my daughter looks like. Uh, she's one year old tomorrow as well, so we're going we're gonna to celebrate and, and have a bit of a rest. Um, so, yeah, thanks to everyone. I'm Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again next season when hopefully things will be better. Hopefully. 